Hello, Pastor Patrick Hines here again. I want to pick back up in Romans chapter 1, verse 5. And let me shrink this down just a little bit here. Romans chapter 1, verse 5, pressing on here. Romans, just a few verses at a time. He goes on there to say, Through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith among all the Gentiles for his namesake, among whom you also are the called of Jesus Christ. Okay, let's just stop here. Verse 5. It was through Jesus that we received grace. Um, Jesus is really the ultimate illustration of the grace of God. He is the, the one who, because God is gracious, comes into the world to save us from our sins. Um, so it's through Christ our Lord that we receive grace uh, from God. And for Paul here, not only did he receive grace, but also the office of apostle. So his apostleship came through Jesus Christ too, because to be an apostle, you had to be an eyewitness of the resurrection of Christ, and you had to be directly appointed by the Lord uh, to that office. And that's why there are no apostles today, uh, because there are no eyewitnesses of the resurrection of Christ, nor is there any need for eyewitnesses of the resurrection of Christ today. Uh, also, Jesus has not appointed any apostles. And so anyone today that would claim to be an apostle uh, in the sense that Paul was an apostle is most certainly not telling the truth. And so his apostleship was to bring about the obedience of faith among the Gentiles, all the Gentiles for his namesake. So Paul was primarily the missionary of Christ to the Gentile nations. Peter, the apostle Peter, primarily went to the, Jew, the Jews, although Paul did witness to many Jews and had a great burden for the people of Israel. Uh, Peter was the primary apostle to the Gentiles. Uh, let me make sure I got the right uh, microphone. Yeah, that's good. And so uh, they received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith. Now, what that is talking about is the obedience that arises from faith. Uh, there have been a few people, uh, very strangely, who have tried to say that faith, faith is obedience. Uh, of course, it's not. Um, obedience is something that arises from faith. That term hubakai, uh, there, uh, the uh, obedience arising from faith. Uh, the term faithers in the genitive case, and obedience is something that uh, grows out of faith. It's not what faith actually is. Um, it's something that is a byproduct of faith uh, in the life of a true believer. Okay, so moving on now to the next verse. Among whom you also are the called of Jesus Christ. Okay, so the, the called of Jesus Christ. And so that's an important designation there. Uh, the people who really were Christians there in Rome have been effectually called by um, God to be Christians. Uh, they are the called of Jesus Christ. Now, what that means is the, the called ones, that, that's what really what the term ecclesia, the term church, refers to those that are called out of darkness, called out of error, called out of having a heart of stone and given a, a heart of flesh by the power of God. Um, we are the called of Jesus Christ. And so um, we are the ones who have been effectually called. That's the, what uh, Paul's talking about, for example, there in Romans, uh, excuse me, Romans 8, 29 and following. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. And these whom he predestined, he also called. And what that is talking about is the effectual call, not, not the general call of the gospel that goes out to everybody indiscriminately. When it says that those that were foreknown, that means loved before the foundation of the world and predestined, um, those are the ones that are eventually 
in God's appointed time, called. And so the Christian people that were members of these churches are called the called ones uh, because Jesus Christ is the one who calls us. Uh, we don't call ourselves. We, are, we don't have that capacity to convert ourselves. But when the gospel of Jesus Christ goes out and is preached and taught, um, the ones that believe in it are those that have been appointed to eternal life. Think of Acts 13, 48. When the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord. And as many as had been appointed to eternal life, believed. Okay, so I, I, I believe uh, I believe in Jesus Christ as my Savior. Um, but the reason I, I believed the gospel at God's appointed time, even though I'd heard it my whole life, I didn't really believe it until I was about 18 years old, um, was because I had been appointed to eternal life uh, at that particular time. Um, I believed in Jesus because I had been appointed to eternal life. I had been called, effectually called, because I had been foreknown and predestined before the foundation of the world. Verse 7, to all who are beloved of God in Rome, called as saints. And every Christian is a saint. There are no, there's no special class of people that are exceptionally holy that are called saints. Uh, the term hagioi that's used there, that Greek term simply means uh, holy ones. And so if we're holy ones, that doesn't mean that we ourselves are holy enough to go to heaven. It's more of the set apart um, use of the term uh, holy or hagias that's used there. So we're set apart, called as saints, called to be holy ones, set apart from the world uh, for the purpose of glorifying God uh, in a special way, glorifying his grace, um, glorifying his majesty and his goodness, his patience by becoming more and more like him. As I read uh, to you from Romans chapter uh, 8, verse 29, we're predestined to be conformed to the image of Christ. And so part of the redeeming work of God, part of what he does in the life of every person uh, is to conform them to the image of Christ. Now, that conformity does not save us in any way. It does not play any role getting us into heaven of any kind whatsoever. But every person who is justified by faith alone uh, through the imputation of Christ's righteousness to their account, as we're going to see, Paul explains that in great detail in Romans 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, and 10, um, and those who are forgiven by the shed blood of Christ, uh, they are the holy ones. They are set apart for God's purpose, and they are radically changed. He goes on here to give his standard greeting. It's just one of the great um, biblical phrases that's used a lot. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you. Uh, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, that's God's greeting to you. Grace to you and peace. That, that term, that Greek word, Irene, where we get the, the name Irene. The, one of my daughter's middle name uh, middle names is Irene. And uh, that's the, the peace that we have with God. That's actually the Greek word that's used to translate the Hebrew term shalom in the Old Testament. Shalom means peace, wholeness of relationship. Just remember that peace with God through Jesus Christ is not merely a temporary cessation of hostility that could erupt at any moment if we sin or something like that. It is a wholeness of loving fellowship and relationship that lasts for the rest of eternity. Once a person is saved, once a person repents and trusts in the finished work of Christ, that person is justified from God's curse. They are justified before God forensically, legally, judicially, and they are adopted into God's family forever. And God is the one who preserves them and gives them peace with himself through Jesus Christ. 
So the greeting that, that uh, Paul writes to all the churches, grace to you and peace, grace to you and peace. Because of grace, because of the grace that has been given to us in Christ, we have peace with God. As Paul says later in Romans 5, 1, um, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Peace instead of war. Because remember, before we were reconciled to God, we were his enemies. In fact, that's a theme that comes up uh, in uh, Romans here. Um, Romans chapter 5, verses 10 11, I believe it is. Let me find it here real quick. Romans chapter 5, verse 10 says, For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And so we're not born, born children of God. We're, we're the enemies of God until we are effectually called and justified and forgiven, and the cause of God's wrath is removed. Once our sin is dealt with at the cross, we who once were God's enemies can now be his friends. We who once were at war with him can have peace with him now. And that's what the whole point is of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not by works. It's not by anything that we do. We simply rest upon the finished work of Christ. He does it all. And so in the final analysis, we're saved from the wrath of God by God himself. Jesus Christ is God. And only God can save us from God, from his wrath. We're reconciled to God through the death of his son. Much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only this, but we also exult in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. Okay, so a lot, a lot of stuff packed into these opening verses here in Romans. I'll tell you, it's such a, a weighty book. Okay, so he goes on there in verse 7, to all who are beloved of God in Rome. So isn't that a wonderful way of referring to the church? Everyone that is a true Christian member of that church in Rome, they are the beloved of God. And why is that? Why are they that, that term uh, agapetas, beloved of God? We're beloved of God because we're in Christ. We're not in Adam anymore. We're in Christ. And remember how God the Father describes Jesus at his baptism? This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. God can't say that about me. He can't say that about you. He can't say, this is my beloved daughter in whom I'm well pleased. This is my beloved son, Patrick, in whom I'm well pleased. But if I'm hidden in Christ... I am beloved of God, just as loved of God the Father as Jesus Christ is loved of God the Father, because I'm in him. To all who are beloved of God in Rome, not because they're righteous or good, but because their covenant surety, their head, their savior was good for them. That's why God loves us. Called as saints, there it is again, that effectual call, called as saints. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Actually, I already exposited that. Sorry. Uh, there, there was more there than I noticed the first time I went through it. Okay, verse 8. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all, because your faith is being proclaimed throughout the whole world. Okay. Now, we'll, um, we'll probably just stop there. He, he does a little housekeeping here. Um, talking about praying for them. There's a lot of meat in verses 8 through 15 as well. We'll go through that here next time. But I want to be true to my word and keep these uh, between 10 and 15 minutes long. So that's probably a good place to stop. So we'll pick it up at verse 8 next time. I thank you all for watching or for listening.